A giant padlock is about to snap shut on Sydney and the rest of the state as we go into an unprecedented lockdown that will transform everyday life for millions of us. Today I announce that we are committing $130 billion over the next six months to support the jobs and livelihoods of what we anticipate of being almost 6 million Australians. Our way of life could change even further, with Premier Gladys Berejiklian considering banning visits to some of our biggest retailers. That people aged 70 and over should stay at home and self-isolate for their own protection. Time you ask someone to, to consider their business or, or consider the prospect of losing a job, it's never easy and that's horrible. Hello everyone, Troy Dodds with you for a special podcast presented by The Western Weekender, looking at the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on Penrith. This is Weekender Wireless. It's the first of a number of podcasts that will fall under this banner moving forward when it comes to the big news stories that we want to unravel for you in this format. It sits alongside our other mediums, of course, our print edition, which has been servicing Penrith for nearly 30 years, our website at westernweekender.com.au, and our social media pages at Twitter and Facebook, where we've been keeping you up to date on all the local developments as far as the coronavirus pandemic is concerned. All of those mediums and this one, Weekender Wireless, what we've been trying to do for you on them is to keep you up to date at a more local level. We know that you can get plenty of news about coronavirus at an international level, at a state level, at a national level, even a Sydney-based kind of level. But what we're trying to do is really drill down on the local impact and the local situation as far as the pandemic is concerned. It has been quite a dramatic few weeks in Australia. We've witnessed, essentially, the complete shutdown of our economy. We've witnessed the biggest economic rescue package in our history, announced by a Prime Minister who, a few short months ago, was a laughingstock at the height of the bushfire crisis and is now leading the country through a challenge perhaps greater than any other Australia has or will face in modern times. As I mentioned, our plan today is to give you a more local look at the coronavirus pandemic, and I guess it doesn't get any more local than the numbers. Now, what's important when it comes to the numbers, there's been a little bit of confusion around this, is that we talk about the Penrith local government area, because that's the area that the weekender covers, and that's the area that if, if you live in Penrith or any of its surrounding suburbs, it's covered by the Penrith Council. So essentially what the Penrith local government area means, uh, when you see that term used, is, is any suburb that is part of the city of Penrith or part of Penrith City Council. So that's a pretty wide area, I've got to tell you. In fact, it's a population of just under 210,000 people, and it's an area of about 400 square kilometres. So when you hear the, the Penrith local government area mentioned, we're not just talking about the suburb of Penrith. We're talking about um, some major, major land. You know, We're talking as far east as Sinclair and Erskine Park, and then back west as far as Emu Plains and Leonay, and then you go in the other direction, out almost to the new airport, and um, then, of course... Uh, you've got um, London, uh, Londonderry in the other direction. So there's, there's a big um, area that the Penrith local government area covers. So important to note that from the outset. Um, so just to give you an example, St Mary's, huge area. That is part of the Penrith local government area. So we are talking a, a big area. Now, the number as far as... Uh, 
coronavirus positive cases is concerned sits at 47 in the Penrith local government area. Now, that's of, as of the 30th of March. Now, that number is is a little bit worrying. Um, but Of course, any number would be worrying, but it's a, a little bit worrying that it, that it is quite high in terms of the local government areas. Now, it's not as high as an area like Waverley, which sits at 140, uh, the Northern Beaches 109, Central Coast 84, Sydney itself has 107, but it, it's high in terms of there's more cases in this Penrith local government area than, say, Wollongong and the Hillshire, Newcastle, uh, North Sydney, Parramatta. Uh, so, you know, there's there's pockets of Sydney that are certainly less affected um, than Penrith is. So that's why we've got to take things very, very seriously. Now, of those 47 cases, you've got five that are considered locally acquired. And they're obviously the ones that are of most concern because there's just no known source of infection. And that is the one that the government health officials are particularly concerned about, that number where you see um, the five sitting there in the Penrith area. That is a, a big worry. To give you some perspective, in the Waverley area, which um, has got sort of the most cases, um, 21 unknown. Penrith, five, but it is five from 47. So 47 cases. Now, we're keeping you up to date, by the way, uh, on the main page now of westernweekender.com We've got a counter, and that counter will keep you up to date with the number of positive cases, because it is going up daily. We are seeing, of course, the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian and the Chief Medical Officer in New South Wales, Dr Kerry Chant, giving daily updates on the numbers. And they're going up every day, as you would expect, because we've got tests going up every day um, in terms of the number of people we're testing to see if they have coronavirus. Um, but we are seeing a, a reduction in the percentages. You might have heard that during the week, that potentially, maybe, we are starting to flatten the curve, as is the saying at the moment. But we are still seeing cases go up. It was... Um, in the 20s just a couple of days ago in Penrith. So to get to 47 is a concern, and it is why some of these social distancing measures, of course, have been announced as far as the uh, the government is concerned. And now, look, the, the essential rule is that you must stay at home. It's, um, it's, it's pretty much as simple as that. In fact, we might go through uh, those rules for you because if you haven't sort of been across them, which you certainly should be by now, as of 12am Tuesday, uh, New South Wales residents, uh, Penrith residents, included in that, of course, have to stay in their homes unless they have a reasonable excuse for leaving. So this is very, very important. I know that the lockdown word isn't being used, but you can essentially say that we are in a form of lockdown because you aren't allowed to leave your house. There is only a number of excuses that come into force to allow you to leave your house. And those reasonable excuses are obtaining food or other goods and services. So if you are going to the supermarket or, or a chemist or things like that, uh, traveling for the purpose of work or education, if the person can't do it at home, it is important to note that offices are still allowed to be open as are retail outlets, even though, and I'll talk about that in a moment, we've seen a lot of retail outlets announce their closures. Um, retail outlets are essentially still allowed to be open at the moment. Um, exercise is the other one, so you can go for a walk, run or whatever. But interestingly enough, and this is where there was some confusion on Tuesday. Yes, you can go for a run around Jamison Park if you so wish. But no, you can't sit there and read a book. And it's as simple as that. that. That's where we're at. You can go outside to exercise. But if you wanted to go out and read a book, do it in your backyard, do it on your balcony. But you have to do it at home. The other reason is medical and caring reasons as well. Um, now, what's really interesting, of course, is that we've now limited this social gathering to essentially uh, two people. And that means 
pretty much you just can't see anyone. You can't go over to your friend's place. You can't organise for a, a takeaway coffee with a couple of friends or a, or your regular catch-up or things like that. And, and that's what's really, really important at the moment, that people are following this. Because so many people haven't been. We've seen not only the, the pictures of Bondi Beach and whatnot, but, but at a more local level, you only have to go to the Nepean River on the weekend or things like that to see exactly how people are flouting the, the idea of social distancing and still going on walks around the river with big groups, still going to parks and play equipment and all of that. Well, the government basically earlier this week put a stop to all of that. They closed all the parks. Uh, they closed skate parks. They said you can't do the boot camps or anything like that anymore. So essentially... Um, you know, we are in lockdown and that's what we have to accept. We have to accept that life isn't normal at the moment and what we need all Penrith residents to do is stay home. Um, if you can't stay home because of work, well, then you get in your car, you go to work and then you come home again and, and that's just where it's at at the moment. Um, you go to the supermarket, you don't sort of, you know, go to any of the other retailers that you just would normally go and browse around and do all of that sort of stuff. That's just not on anymore. We go to the chemist, of course, and you can get some exercise. But the general going out concept that we've all become so used to and is part of our social fabric in Australia, it is gone. And it most likely will be for some time. Now, I'll just give you the official, uh, the official advice on all of this. National Cabinet agreed to this, of course, on Sunday night. Now, we have this indoor and outdoor gathering limit of two people only. Now, the exceptions to this are people of the same household going out together, or of course being in the household together. Funerals, where we've got that maximum of 10 people. Wedding, a maximum of five. And yeah, as I mentioned, the family units. So if you've got a family of six living in Penrith, you don't have to ship four of them off. You, uh, you can still live in that same house. Um, and, and National Cabinet's strong guidance is that you stay home unless you're shopping for what you need, your medical or your healthcare needs, you're exercising compliance with the public gathering requirements, and work or study if you can't move remotely. Now, National Cabinet has also discussed further restrictions on activities and venues. Overseas experience indicates that further restrictions on personal movement and businesses will be required should the severity of the outbreak worsen in Australia. So we're kind of talking more about retailers there, which at the moment have been allowed to stay open, but um, we are expecting that more and more of those will close. Now, what you may not see is New South Wales officially say that retailers need to close. And the reason for that is that retailers have been doing that anyway. We saw, of course, the, the, the biggest or one of the biggest in Australia, Maya, um, announced. They have a store, of course, at Westfield Penrith. Maya announced that they were closing uh, for four weeks standing their staff down, putting them on leave for those four weeks. Um, and that Meyer store in Westfield Penrith is now completely shuttered. It is closed. And in fact, if you walk through Westfield Penrith at the moment, it is a very, very eerie feeling. There is more than 100 retailers that are closed in Westfield at the moment. It is essentially a ghost town. Uh, last week, we saw uh, businesses like Peter Alexander and Just Jeans and Portman's all announced they were closing, RM Williams as well. And now there's just... There's more businesses uh, that are closed and are open, uh, essentially, because you've literally just got uh, business after business closed at the moment, right through those shopping centres. Now, your supermarkets will stay open no matter what. So even if we did hit some greater restrictions, your Coles and your Woolworths and your Aldi's and your IGA's, they're going to stay open. But you're going to see these retailers and the ones that are holding on at the moment and aren't closing, I'd expect that you're going to see them 
probably close over the next week or so because it's just not viable that they can continue to operate, um, that the people aren't coming, people are starting to stay at home now and it, it's just a bit silly to be honest with you, you don't need to go out and buy a new phone, you don't do it. So that's the uh, the situation we've got with all of these retailers closing down. So I don't think you'll see, uh, I think it's unlikely you'll see more restrictions officially placed on that given the retailers are essentially doing it anyway. Uh, we've even seen Kmart pull their 24-hour uh, trading, they're operating at reduced hours now. Now, you're going to continue to see more and more of that in the coming days and weeks, I would imagine. So, um, look, the bottom line, you stay at home unless you need to go out. And we need more and more people to be adhering to that. There's no more boot camps. There's no going to skate parks with the kids. There's no going to, to parks on the swings. And it is tough, but that is where we are at at the moment. Now, with the retail shutdown that has occurred, we've obviously seen a lot of jobs go. And in fact, over the last couple of weeks, we have seen hundreds of thousands, if not millions of jobs go right across Australia. And we saw those really sad scenes at Centrelink, um, Centrelink offices, not only here in Penrith, but right around Australia, where we saw uh, people lining up basically to go on welfare, who a couple of weeks ago had great jobs and now uh, are in the unemployment line. Now, a lot of those people, of course, were related to pubs and clubs. We know now for a couple of weeks now, pubs and clubs have not been able to operate. They've been closed completely. And I guess the biggest impact that we feel in Penrith for that is, is Panthers, uh, one of our biggest employers in the region. And uh, Panthers is closed. It's pretty extraordinary. So is Penrith RSL, the band club, the St. Mary's RSL, all of those big clubs and those pubs like the Pio and uh, the Overlander Hotel, the Colleton Hotel, the Red Cow, Donahue's, all of those pubs that we just know in Penrith are currently closed. And you think about all of the jobs attached to those. But the good news is that we saw on Monday the federal government announce a pretty incredible package. It is an economic rescue package that I don't think any of us would have expected to see in our lifetime to be needed or required, but indeed it is. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced a $130 billion wage subsidy package in a massive attempt to keep people in jobs. Now, eligible businesses will be paid a flat rate of $1,500 per fortnight for each employee they have kept on the books. In short, the government will, play, will pay businesses to pay their employees. Now, to be eligible, businesses will have need to have had a turnover reduction of 30% or more. Now, that's a year-on-year figure. So if in uh, March of 2019 you made $100,000 in your business and in March 2020 it is 30% or more less than that, then you as a business are available to uh, go into this program and payments will start flowing from May 1 and they'll be backdated to March 1. And eligible employers include businesses structured through companies, partnerships, trusts and sole traders. Uh, Not-for-profit entities including charities will also be eligible. Now, full-time and part-time employees, including those employees who've been stood down over the last couple of weeks, and there are some of those people I mentioned that have been in that Centrelink line, they'd be eligible to receive this JobKeeper payment. Uh, Casual employees as well, as long as they've been attached to the employer for 12 months. Uh, Now, if you've got a couple of jobs, you can only get it from one employer. Now, the government's action, of course, follows all of these people losing their jobs. And the idea of the government here and what they're trying to do is to keep you in your job, even if there's nothing to do at the moment. So you might work at a local pub, you've lost your job. Well, they want you to keep that job. Through the government subsidy, you'll get paid. You might be getting paid to sit and watch Netflix at the moment, but you're still getting paid 
buy the business, and when that business is able to reopen, you return to work and you've maintained that relationship with your employer. That's what they're trying to do. They don't want you to be out at Centrelink hopeful that maybe when that business reopens, they rehire you. They want you to remain attached to the business. Now, if you've been in the unfortunate position that you have lost your job and your company that you work for is not part of this concept, is not part of this program, then basically what happens from here is that you will need to join Centrelink um, and you get some job support there, some financial support there, and then that support has been raised from $550 a fortnight to $1,100 a fortnight, uh, which again was an unprecedented move by the government. So $1,100 for the next six months if you are out of work at the moment and you join the uh, the New Start concept and there's been a whole bunch of things waived or um, eased there as far as restrictions restrictions are concerned. Um, if your partner earns um, up to $80,000, you can still receive um, the job uh, seeker allowance there of the um, the $1,100 or part thereof. And uh, also assets tests and things like that have been waived during this period. So you've basically got two options if you're one of the many, many people affected by this from an employment perspective. The one that we hope that you're going to be able to take is the job keeper allowance. And that job keeper allowance is going to get paid directly by your business. You'll get paid just as you do now. Um, but the government will reimburse your employer for paying you, basically. The other option, if you've uh, been let go and your business that you work for isn't going to be involved, is that job seeker allowance that's up to $1,100 a fortnight. So that's the, the sort of main two options you had. There's a whole bunch of other things available, accessing super and all of that. And you can look at all the relevant government websites for all your assistance there, uh, the Treasury website, the ATO website. Make sure you're looking at those official websites for all of the documents in relation to that. Now, there are a couple of um, very specific local stories um, that I want to mention for you. Um, Nathan Taylor had this story today. And look, this is these are stories that we are going to start to hear in Penrith over the next few weeks. And they're about businesses that were already facing some, some difficult times that have now been thrown this massive coronavirus pandemic curveball that could destroy them. And uh, one that we're talking about is the Emu Sports Club and Leonay Golf Course. Nathan Taylor has this story in the Western Weekend uh, online at westernweekend.com.au. Um, now, basically, we saw golf clubs. They were forced to close earlier this week with the new social distancing rules. So even though Emu Sports Club is the licensed club had already been forced to close, now they've been hit with the double whammy of having to close the golf club. Now, the licensed club stood down most of its staff last week with revenue dropping significantly. Um, now, Golf Australia, they took the advice and closed the golf course. The EMU Sports Club CEO, Andrew Gardner, says that the club was already struggling for many years. Overnight, it has turned into a monumental fight for survival. And he says, to be blunt, without significant financial assistance, the club's cash reserves will run out by mid-May 2020. So you could see a situation where EMU Sports Club and the Leon A Golf Course is in administration by mid-May. And that's only about six weeks away. Now, they've actually launched, they've gone to the extraordinary um, length of launching a GoFundMe page to try and keep Leon A Golf Course alive and EMU Sports Club alive. As I mentioned, you can get more details of that on the Western Weekender website. Now, the other uh, story that... Um, you probably all electioned out over the last couple of years anyway, but you were due to go to the polls again um, later this year. Well, council elections scheduled for September have now been canned in the wake of the COVID-19 emergency. So if you were hoping for some movement in uh, Penrith Council's lineup, you're going to have to be patient because sitting councillors effectively will be handed a free 12-month pass. They'll, they'll now have a five-year term, essentially. Um, now, the local government 
uh, Minister Shelley Hancock said it was a regrettable decision, but one that would provide certainty for local councils, communities and election candidates. Look, we might have been okay by September, but I think there's just this fear. We saw the Queensland local government elections go ahead last weekend because it was just too late to change it. They don't want to get to that situation in New South Wales where it's too late, so they've made the call now. Now, um, Alina Higgins, uh, one of the Western Weekender journalists, she's got the details um, again in the Western Weekender this week about what happens from a Penrith perspective because there was due, uh, given there was an election this year, to be uh, an election amongst the councillors to determine Penrith's next mayor and deputy mayor in September. Now, we're told that that will go ahead still, so there will still be an election in September for the next mayor. Now, Ross Fowler was elected mayor for a two-year term in September 2018. We can only imagine that when the councillors vote for a mayor in September this year, it will be for a one-year term to take you through to that next election. Now, whether they extend Ross Fowler's term or whether they look at something else, I'm not sure. Um, now, Councillor Marcus Cornish, um, controversial councillor, outspoken councillor, you might say, um, he said the move to postpone the ordinary election was sensible. Um, he also said it gave long-standing councillors time to think about retiring and make way for new blood. So now we're expecting as well that that next council cycle will be shortened to three years rather than four. So then we'll get back on track um, for an election in 2024 versus going again in 2025. Now, the other thing um, that has been cancelled as a result of all of this is, of course, the Anzac services. And that's going to be um, pretty sad. You don't like to lose momentum with things like this. Um, we saw um, in, in decades gone past the, the spirit of Anzac Day sort of dissipate a little bit and then it had a, a big, big resurgence, particularly around the centenary. But um, we, we're not going to see an Anzac march this year um, in Penrith. We're not going to see the traditional dawn service at Memory Park, um, at St Mary's RSL. We're not going to see any of that this year, um, which obviously is, is really, really disappointing. Um, everyone involved with the sub-branches, the Penrith RSL sub-branch and the St Mary's sub-branch, they obviously understand it, but they're very upset that this won't be happening. Um, now, what is going to happen, and, and you, you might have seen various... Uh, stories about this but basically the the theory is we want everyone out on their driveways at 6am on Anzac Day it's a Saturday this year and we want everyone um you know, listening to the last post and the coverage on the radio or the TV and paying their respects. And um, there's a great story that we'll be running in the weekend of this week um, about some of the local people who are going to be involved with that concept as well. Uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, you hear about Anzac Day being cancelled, just the, the, the sheer number of events that were supposed to be held through April and, and May and whatnot that have now been uh, cancelled um, and had to have been rescheduled and the work that's gone into them. Um, and, and I know everyone's got a story, but uh, just to give you a bit of a brief overview of some of the things in Penrith that got affected. Uh, the Penrith Festival, that was supposed to be on March 21, it got postponed. The Oswak Ball, they were the Oswak organisers were amongst the first to cancel their events um, way before uh, we, were, we were seeing things cancelled. That was scheduled for May 9, won't be on until 2021 now. Uh, the Penrith Easter Show, which is the old Penrith show, but was uh, supposed to be the Penrith Easter Show this year, was on April 11, it's been cancelled. Um, we have seen uh, Penrith Library, of course, closed for everything um, at the moment, except for quick loans and returns. The Relay for Life that was supposed to be on May 2 and 3 the Penrith Relay for Life this year it got cancelled. We had the St Mary's Easter Egg Hunt was supposed to happen on April 4 it's off. The Luke Prittis Foundation Fitness for Autism event got cancelled. The Lakeside Long Lunch that was supposed to happen on May 2, the second version of the Lakeside Long Lunch at the Regatta Centre, it's now been moved to October 
Um, the Wiggles, uh, they cancelled their Penrith shows. Um, Emu Hall cancelled their Cinema Under the Stars event for May 5. Uh, we saw events cancelled at the Joan, at Panthers, at the Sydney Coliseum Theatre at Rudy Hill. Uh, we saw the Penrith Working Truck Show cancelled. We saw, of course, a lot of sport cancelled, including uh, the Penrith Valley Regional Sports Centre closing, a lot of junior sports closing, uh, Penrith District Netball cancelling their representative carnival. And, of course, at the bigger level, we've seen cancellations or suspensions of the NRL AFL and A-League season. So um, that's just a, a, a small sample, too, of some of the things that uh, that have been affected by all of this. But it's, um, you know, it's just the, the reality of the situation at the moment that we're facing, and it's happening everywhere. And I think that's one of the big things that people have been saying. We are in this together, and um, that's certainly been the case. Now, of course... We all love going out to eat, and we can't do that at the moment with restaurants and pubs and clubs closed, but i got to tell you, there is a list on the Western Weekender website, and I encourage you to go check it out, of some of the takeaway options that are available, and I reckon a lot of our local restaurants have done an amazing job, and they deserve our support in Penrith at the moment, um, to get out there and grab some of their food on a weekend or on a weeknight when you just don't feel like cooking, get out there and um, and try some of these guys. Um, we had... Uh, the Union on the weekend, one of my favourite restaurants, The Union, they uh, the great tapas restaurant in Penrith. They've converted to a more takeaway option, but just some of the options uh, you've got in Penrith that are, that are doing takeaway, there are dozens of them, whether it's um, your, your Mad Mexes, whether it's your Happy Inn for Chinese, it's Mr. Watkins, Outback Steakhouse, um, High Street Depot, you've got House of Greek, of course, Product of Italy, Spaghetti Eddie's over there in Emu Plains, The Union I mentioned, of course, uh, Cook's Castle, if you'd like some Indian, um, Cafe Fresh, El Jana, of course, um, Chili Jam for some Thai, Bay Boa as well, um, Tins and Wood, they're doing a great job um, getting out some great Italian food, uh, Platform T8, Donahue's, they're doing uh, schnitzels and whatnot, so you can still get your pub feed if you want to, um, St Mary's Fish and Chip Shop, um, Avley Restaurant, uh, they're doing takeaway, the Lakeside Restaurant. Um, Chicken Man um, there in Kingswood. Um, so there's a lot of places that are doing a great takeaway. That's just a, a small sample of them. There are literally probably hundreds in Penrith and St Mary's and the wider area. There are, of course, some places that we're not going to see for a while. Um, um, you know, I mentioned a lot of businesses earlier, but a lot of pubs and clubs and restaurants as well. Um, Panthers, we obviously know that's closed, and therefore all the restaurants in there are closed too, like the Ming and Osso and Panarotti's and CJ's Crab Shack, um, Oliver Brown. Penrith Bolo's closed, of course. The Paceway um, is closed. The Red Cow, Tattersall's, Peachtree, Pioneer, I mentioned. Percy Plunkett's decided to close. Very popular cafe in Penrith. Um, cafe Latitude as well. Uh, Frango's has decided to close during this period. Um, so is Fratelli Fresh and Satano's, uh, Mr. Brightside. Uh, Penrith Gales as well, and the Kingswood Sports Club and, and Wallachia Country Club as well. All of those places that either had to close or just decided that the takeaway option probably just wasn't going to work for them at the moment. But we'll try and keep that list updated for you too um, at westernweekender.com.au. Um, you can see the list of places that you can get some takeaway food from and places that are closed as well. Now, just finally... Um, we look pretty extensively at Rugby League in the Western Weekender, and it's uh, pretty important to point out that obviously we know that the NRL and the Penrith Panthers aren't operating at the moment. There's a lot of stories going around about the Panthers and about the NRL and where it all lands. What I can tell you is that the Panthers CEO, Brian Fletcher, is pretty determined to make sure that, um, that the Panthers come out of this the other end. Um, now, they've made some tough decisions over at Panthers in terms of standing staff down, in terms of essentially putting all the players on leave over the next month and 
And what we do know um, is out of all of this, we're going to see the NRL with a very, very different funding model because there's been a lot of questions raised about the reliance that the NRL and the clubs have on the broadcast deal. Um, and at the moment, there's no games to broadcast and we're seeing the extensive problems that that is causing. Now, there were some developments on this earlier in the week. Uh, the NRL agreed on a recovery plan with clubs impacted by the COVID-19 situation, which is all of the clubs, of course. Um, Todd Greenberg, the CEO of the NRL, and Peter Volandis, who's the uh, commission chairman, said the plan provided funding certainty for the remainder of the 2020 season. So basically, um, the deal will ensure that the clubs survive. All 16 clubs are going to survive this, even if there is no football. And that recovery plan includes the NRL paying $40 million in monthly grant payments to the clubs between April and October to cover their ongoing operational costs. The NRL will reduce its operating costs by 53%, including a 95% reduction in staffing levels during the shutdown period. And uh, in addition to that, the NRL has proposed a funding model for player payments to the RLPA. So, um, look, Rugby League will be okay. Rugby League will come out the other side of this, but it's uncharted territory and it's a big worry and you're probably not going to see the same NRL um, when it's back in 2021. Hopefully it'll get back in 2020. Even then, if it does get back in 2020, it's unlikely you're going to see the, the full competition played out. There's going to be some changes to that. At the moment, the NRL is hoping to get back on the field in July and hopefully we see some, uh, some matches at Panthers Stadium in July. I think one of the big questions... About all of this, and it's a question that we don't know the answer to, is how long this will all go for? How long will these restrictions be in place? At a local level, how long will you not be able to go to Jamison Park or down to the, the play equipment at Tent Reserve? How long will you not be able to go for a bite at your favourite local restaurant or down to the pub? And the answer is we don't know. We know that Scott Morrison is saying it could be up to six months, and that is what we have to prepare for. Um, but I think that what we can need in this period is consistent communication and we're seeing that from our leaders in Scott Morrison and Gladys Berejiklian and there is some still some confusion around but we just more importantly need everyone to take it seriously so stay at home and uh, treat it like a bit of a, a holiday at home over the next uh, couple of months and hopefully it all passes quicker than we expect one thing we do know is that we will get to the other side of it and um, we'll come out hopefully much bigger and better um, and having survived it all um, and looked back on it in a few years' time and, and go, wow, remember coronavirus and what we had to go through there. As I mentioned at the top, make sure you stay up to date at westernweekender.com.au, also on our social media pages, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Important to note... Um, our partners and our clients at The Weekend are really important to us and um, a lot of them are going through a tough time at the moment and therefore what we've decided to do is we won't be printing um, the print edition of the paper on April 10, April 17, April 24 or May 1. We will be back on Friday, May 8. Um, now, our staff during this period are going to be at home where they should be, uh, according to ScoMo, and um, but we'll keep, still be keeping you up to date with everything that's happening on all of the digital channels. But we've just made that decision because our partners are, are going through a really tough time at the moment, um, a lot of them closing their doors and um, simply can't advertise um, at the current time. And uh, we keep the paper free for you through those advertisers and partners. So that's a decision we've made. But as I said, you'll still get all your local news and information through westernweekender.com.au. And that print edition, it's going nowhere. It'll be back on Friday the 8th of May. Thanks very much for your company. This is Weekender Wireless. We'll be back with a, another episode at some point in the not-too-distant future. Make sure you stay tuned to westernweekender.com.au. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Remember, when we say we're local, we mean it. 
As the coronavirus outbreak continues, it's important to stay well informed. A national plan has been activated to manage the virus and support our community. As more is learned about the virus and the way it spreads, the plan will be adapted and we will let you know about the latest advice. For up-to-date information, visit health.gov.au. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.